Hi there, welcome to another episode of Around the Emirates podcast with Sarah. I am here with the one and only Lars Heesbeen. Welcome to the show. Thank you, happy to be here. Awesome. So Lars, where are you from? Well, um, I'm originally from the Netherlands. Uh, I've been in the UAE for uh, two and a half years now, but okay. I was also in the UAE from 2008 to 2010. Okay. Um, and well, you asked where I'm from, passport-wise from the Netherlands, but yes. I've lived in nine different countries uh, on three different what? continents. Yeah. Okay. Explain. <laughs> Explain. Um, well, my uh, my dad was working for the Dutch military, and within his career, he had the opportunity to move to different countries and different cities. So when I grew up, um, I was actually born in Germany, and then we moved to the Netherlands. We moved to uh, to Texas. After that, we moved to New Mexico. Um, after that, it was Belgium, uh, back to the Netherlands, back to Germany, and then we moved to, uh, to Abu Dhabi. Uh, and in Abu Dhabi, I did the IB program, and then I went to study, um, studied hotel management. Mm -hmm. And with hotel management, that brought me to, um, uh, to China, where I did an internship for seven months, uh, Finland, where I did a double degree. And then when I started my career, I worked in, uh, in Vienna, in Austria, the Maldives, and now back in Abu Dhabi again. Okay, okay, I'll hold the phone. I already have my first question. <laughs> okay, so just before I go into anything, what was that like being shipped basically across the whole planet? Well, it depends where, um, where I was. Mm -hmm. um, every place that I've lived or been to has like a unique sense or a unique cultural aspect to it. Mm -hmm. um, what I really loved at the international schools was just the whole international vibe. Mm -hmm. so you had people from India, Brazil, uh, Germany, all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, what was a bit more tough was when I was actually in the Netherlands and okay. I went to a normal Dutch school because this whole international uh, atmosphere and vibe that I was used to, you didn't have that there. So you had um, you know, children that grew up in, in the same village or, or, or town mm -hmm. and yeah. they had lived there their whole life. And then when you come there as an outsider, <laughs> you don't really fit in. So um, when I was living in the Netherlands, um, uh, that was a bit of a tougher time mm -hmm. for me. But then the international schools in Belgium and the, the American schools in, uh, in the US and, mm -hmm. uh, and Abu Dhabi, that made it a lot easier and a lot more fun because you have you know kids that sort of have the same way of life and, mm -hmm. and have parents that also move around and live in different places. Um, and that gives you more of a sense of belonging and, and more understanding, I would say. Wow, okay, so you are literally the definition of a third culture kid because you've been everywhere. Yes. And you identify the most with where? Um, well, I think I've taken bits and pieces from all of the different cultures that I've lived in, and I would really say that I'm like a citizen of the world, um, which also brought me into the hospitality industry because for my career I wanted to continue traveling and meeting people from different cultures. Mm -hmm. uh, I always feel like there's such a big difference between traveling somewhere and seeing a place or actually living in a country and yeah. a destination and actually um, embracing and living these different cultures. Mm -hmm. um, so whenever, if you would ask me now, where am I from? And, and you know, the last couple of weeks we have the Euro Cup going on. Yeah. I would always be supporting the Netherlands. Of course. The end and I have my, you know, my orange polo and my orange <laughs> shirt. And then I'm full Dutch all the way. But then when I'm in the Netherlands and people are like, where are you from? Yeah. Then I'm like, 
I don't yeah. really know, yeah. like at the moment, Abu Dhabi. But then again, I'm definitely not local or right. Arabic yeah. either. Right. Um, so it, I guess it depends where I am. Uh, but yeah, definitely Dutch. Dutch at heart. I see. And so you mentioned that you are in the hospitality business. So tell me about that. Yes. So at the moment, I'm the uh, assistant director of sales for W Abu Dhabi Yas Island. Um, and um, I knew from quite a young age that I wanted to be in the hospitality industry. Mm -hmm. Again, meeting people from all over the world, um, that really got me excited for it. But I really love people in general and I love making, um, let's say, special days for people even more special. Um, if, for example, it's your birthday or your wedding or yeah. an anniversary, what do you do? You tend to go on holiday or you tend to go to a hotel to celebrate. Right. And I like being the person there to facilitate this. The same if you have your, your annual leave or um, right. your vacation with your, your family, mm -hmm. you go to a hotel and you have a good time, right? And I want to make, <laughs> make these things happen for, uh, for people. So, um, like I mentioned before, I started off my career in, in Austria and Vienna, uh, where I did a graduate management traineeship, and um, that was because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do in a hotel, because mm -hmm. you can clean rooms, you can be behind the reception, you can yeah. be working in the restaurants, you can be working in finance. Um, hotels are so diverse, and there's so much that you can do within a hotel, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do exactly. Um, and by doing this 18-month program, I had the opportunity to really go into all of the, the different departments. What I really enjoyed was the sales part of it, because I was able to represent the hotel, I was able to educate people on the hotel, and I was able to build relationships with people, let's say, all over the world, mm -hmm. to have them, um, to give them a good understanding of the hotel, so that then if they're guests or clients would come to them, they would recommend my property mm -hmm. and then therefore I would make the sales like that. So I have a question. Yes. Obviously there's a kind of a stigma around sales of like being one of the hardest jobs because obviously you have, you know, your base salary. It's just in a typical sales job, you have a base salary, but if you don't meet certain KPIs, that's much more pressure. So how do you deal with that? Um, well, the good thing is, uh, in, in the past years, I've never had to deal with a pandemic like uh, sure, uh, like this okay. year. Uh, and the hotels that I've always worked for have been like quite unique in, in such a way that um, they've always been sellable, let's right. say like that. Yeah. It's always been a, a very special property that had some a wow element to it. Right. Uh, and the KPIs, which I've always had, I've been able to, uh, to achieve. Mm -hmm. um, this year and last year, of course, have been completely different. Luckily, in the hospitality industry, or at least where I've worked for, it's never worked in such a way where you had a, a base salary which wasn't enough, that you would okay. need to live off of commission, let's say. So you do have a package that has a, a base salary which is there. However, um, you can always uh, work towards getting a bonus, mm -hmm. and that at the moment, of course, isn't there with what's happening in, uh, in the world. Right, yeah, we all, we all experienced you know, the pay cuts um, were necessary and um, some people did have them back, some people don't, but it's definitely a, a very different time and um, I think that one of the main um, kind of challenges that we faced just in Abu Dhabi and in the world is the restrictions. So obviously like businesses do have to continue working even through a pandemic, so how did you deal with going into work, dealing with restrictions and people are, you know, there's a curfew, people are stuck at home, like how did you deal with that? 
Well, we were the first hotel hit in Abu Dhabi uh, by the pandemic. So last year, uh, or every year in Abu Dhabi, they organized the UAE tour, which is a cycling tour through the Seven Emirates. Mm -hmm. And we were hosting some of the teams um, from the UAE tour in the hotel. Mm -hmm. And on a Thursday night at around 9.30, the authorities came in because someone had tested positive mm -hmm. uh, of one of the teams and they shut down the entire hotel. If you remember that, yes, I learned the yes, story. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, and as a hotel, we didn't know how to deal with this because this was never, so never happened before. Never right? happened okay, before. There's no guidebook for this. Exactly. It's one of the 21st century. And um, my role in particular uh, at that time was to make sure that the guests, which, which would arrive on the Friday and Saturday and the Sunday afterwards, that we had replacing accommodation for them. And so this was, in, in other hotels, okay. because we didn't know how long it was going to take. Right. Uh, the authorities kept on saying it would be two to three days. Um, but of course, you can't really plan like that because mm -hmm. uh, so, so um, we have 500 rooms or 499 rooms in total in the hotel. Um, and you can imagine that on some days, maybe we have 300 people coming to check in to the room. Mm -hmm. And if the hotel is completely closed, that doesn't mean these 300 people won't show up at right. your doorstep. Mm -hmm. So we had to uh, book the guests into different properties. Um, and of course we had to do it on a, let's say, priority basis. So the ones which would arrive the next day first and the day after that next. But because it was in the news, people were also calling and asking, hey, what's happening in May and what's going to happen in June and what will happen even in September. Mm -hmm. But of course we couldn't focus on that because we yeah. still had an additional 300 people to look after for, for the upcoming days. So that's how the pandemic started. That's just the beginning. <laughs> that was the that was the beginning, and of course, everything happens for a reason. Right. Uh, we didn't know the effect that COVID was going to have. So okay. when we were doing all of these bookouts, we were um, uh, thinking that this was only going to be a short term thing. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, um, the UAE had then closed its borders mm -hmm. internationally, mm -hmm. and uh, this meant, of course, that a lot of bookings were cancelled. Right. Um, but also that for us as a hotel, we decided we took the decision that we were going to be closed as well. Mm -hmm. We thought this was going to be for a full um, six-month period, so until the 1st of October. But we were very fortunate as well that the UAE government brought in UFC, so the Ultimate Fight Championship, yes, and we were the host hotel yeah. for that. Now, you asked what it was for me and, and what it meant for me to still go to work and to yeah. still work on um, under, those restrictions. Uh, under those restrictions. So my job, um, if, if, if you traditionally would go on a holiday, you mm -hmm. would also book something a bit further in advance, right? Right. So my job normally looks quite far ahead. So okay. I look six to 12 months out wow. and trying to make sure that people secure bookings for a period that far out. So that means in um, uh, a contractual season would be from January till December, but in let's say April, May, you're already making contracts and deciding on pricing and rates mm -hmm. for the next year. Okay. So in 2020, when the hotel was closed, I was already working on 2021, right. making sure that the contracts were in place, making sure that websites were up to date. But even with all the, like, you had no idea how We had no idea, exactly. We, we were expecting that uh, by October everything would go back to normal again, and here we are uh, on the 15th of July, uh, and unfortunately things are not back where, uh, where, they, where, they, where we want them to be, exactly. But um, 
you can't just say, okay, we'll shut everything. Things yeah. continue to happen. Right. So even if, uh, like I said, we thought it was going to be first of, of October, that still means you have potential bookings from, let's say, February up until September, which mm -hmm. either you need to cancel, rebook, um, or find a different different accommodation for. So mm -hmm. these were all things that we were luckily, uh, we were able to do them from home. Okay. But part of my job as well is to bring people inside of the hotel mm -hmm. and to show them around mm -hmm. and to let them experience the facilities. Right. And this is something that of course you can't do from home because you physically need, you need to be, be in the inside of the hotel. Right. So what is one big like positive takeaway that you can you know take from this experience? I think we've become even more flexible than we already were. Okay. Uh, I feel like in hotels in general, we are super flexible because mm -hmm. uh, guests can have the craziest requests. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's our job to make sure that we can exceed these expectations. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the pandemic has made us even more flexible than, than we were before, whether it comes to pricing or cancellations mm -hmm. or uh, arrival times or extensions or um, things have become a lot shorter. Mm -hmm. So people might be a little more spontaneous thinking, okay, the restrictions are quite easy today. So let me book a yeah. hotel room and let me, um, uh, let me go enjoy myself. Right. Or people might be like, I'm not too confident in booking something six months out because I don't know what's going to happen yet. Okay. So within the hotel, we've had to become more flexible, mm -hmm. but we also have become um, a lot better in, let's say, um, well, the, the constant change again this flexibility having to adapt to the new rules and and regulations um we have so many things in place at the moment that we never had before mm -hmm. uh, you know normally in a hotel room you find uh, magazines and you find uh things that a lot of people touch, touch exactly mm -hmm. we don't have that anymore okay but you still want your guests to be entertained right so mm -hmm. what we've done now is we've created QR codes that you can just scan when you're in the room and you have digital versions of, ah, the, uh, of the magazines. Uh, the same goes for um, me trying to bring in people to the hotel to see it. Mm -hmm. um, we can't really do that at the moment. So what have we done? We've created a video where I go through the hotel explaining everything oh, and showcasing like a virtual everything. tour almost. Exactly. So I that see. we can send this tour out to people rather than bringing them over. So it's really looking at, okay, what can we do and how can we still work um, with, let's say, the things that we, that with the rules and regulations at the moment, mm -hmm. and what can we do to still make sure that we are running successfully or keeping the business uh, afloat. Okay, well, that's a beautiful answer. That I actually didn't know about uh, all the like kind of nitty gritty details of things that you guys changed. Like, that's very interesting. Um, well, what is one kind of final message or piece of advice you want to give to people? Because obviously there are some industries where you can choose to stay at home. Like I work in PR and I can stay home if I want to for yeah. work. Yeah. Whereas, uh, you know, hospitality, um, like working in, you know, airlines, all these kind of industries, you physically have to be there. So what advice do you give people that still need to go to work every single day, but are dealing with the fact that like they might be scared or they might not necessarily like be in a comfortable position to be in the office, but know that they don't have a choice? Well, I have two sets of advice. One would be for um, for the employees and the talent and the staff 
within the industry. Mm -hmm. um, the companies all have fantastic measures to make sure that you are uh, staying safe. So uh, if you look at Marriott as a global organization, we have something called the Commitment to Clean, and this is a certification where uh, we train the staff and talent on washing their hands, on uh, wearing gloves, wearing mm -hmm. masks, uh, and making sure that all of the safety protocols are in place. Now, it's up to us to make sure that we actually stick to these, uh, to these precautions. So um, the hotel, for example, we make sure that we have enough masks, we have PPE available. Yeah. If you look at the check-in desk, <laughs> at the check-in desk, we have these plexiglass um, uh, frames or, or yeah. windows, I would say. Um, but it is then our job to stay behind these plexiglass frames, right. and it is our job to make sure that you wear the masks. Mm -hmm. um, we're very fortunate that we do uh, weekly COVID tests as well, so we make sure that everyone is safe. We've all been able to get vaccinated, all also through our employer. Um, so we're very lucky uh, that the company and the government is taking all of the measures mm -hmm. to um, to make sure that everybody is safe. So keep doing what you're doing. Um, make sure that you yourself can say, "I've taken care of all of the protocols. I've." stayed safe and I've done everything in my power to make sure that myself, my colleagues and my guests are safe mm -hmm. um, because everyone plays an important role of in course. this. We're all pieces of a puzzle and we all need to work together to, to ensure the safety of, uh, of everybody. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of the guest advice, um, have a little patience with the staff as well. Uh, sure. There's a sure. lot that the staff is going through. Um, we're doing our best and we need to make sure that we follow the rules and regulations set out by the government and these yeah. rules and regulations change in, in such, uh, uh, well so fast that also for us sometimes it's very difficult to, uh, to keep up. Um, you can imagine if someone tests positive that means um, everyone that's been in contact with this person also needs to be taken out of the operation. So where, let's say you have a restaurant and normally uh, the restaurant might have uh, 20 staff members. Mm -hmm. If one of them were to test positive, then maybe 10 of them have to go out. Shoot. And this is something that's happening uh, or that you can see happening in a lot of places where uh, at the moment it's difficult for staff to make sure um, that everything runs as smoothly as it can because they might show up to work one day and find out that half of the team is not available. Oh so it's such a nightmare. That definitely isn't. Oh my God, that's not something you can, you can plan towards either. Of course, there's, there's backups and uh, there's, there's other departments and sister oh, hotels that can always help out, but you never know how this could affect it. So as a hotel guest, um, Try to have some understanding for the staff as well. If the staff ask you to wear a mask, they're not asking you this because uh, they want, well, obviously they well, want not, sorry, It doesn't it's benefit not, them specifically, it's for your own exactly, safety. Exactly, it's for your own safety, but it's also something that the government needs us to impose. Right. And this is something that, um, you know, if you book a hotel room, it doesn't mean that you can walk around the hotel without wearing your, your mask or as if it's your home. So please respect the rules and the regulations of the hotel. They're there to keep you safe, they're there to keep the staff safe, and 
by ensuring that we stick to all these rules and regulations, hopefully then we can all return back to a normal life as quick as possible. That's the government message right there, ladies exactly. and gentlemen. <laughs> but no, I think that's a very, very strong message, especially for the, like the, the guests. I didn't, it doesn't occur to you as a guest to like, you want to be polite to people that are servicing you and helping you all, but like, it doesn't occur to me that like, because as a guest, you're like, oh, they're being annoying, but like in reality, they're actually like, they have to say that. Yes. So that's actually a really good piece of advice to just be nice to people that serve you and that are, you know, take care of you in hotels. Exactly. But there's also the thing of, um, you know, making reservations for, for restaurants uh, right. with the limited capacity at the yeah, moment. Cancel it if you can't go. Cancel it if you can't go because <laughs> that, that just means, you know, tables are either empty if you don't show up. And these are things that you don't really. Um, um, you don't take it into consideration, take it into consideration. Yeah, and, and it, it is a simple thing that you know okay i have a reservation and I'll okay I forget it. It, or i forget to cancel it but if you have uh, a restaurant with 20 tables and of the 20 tables 10 of them you're only allowed to operate 10 tables and, then, and out of yeah. the 10 five forget to cancel the reservation and that's your money gone exactly that's difficult for businesses to uh to well, cope with at the moment. It's actually very enlightening. I learned a lot from this conversation. Um, well, thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. My pleasure. It was uh, it was awesome talking to you. Um, yeah. So I, I think that you have said a lot that's important for for you guys, for the listeners, for the viewers. Um, if you have any questions for Lars, if you want to reach out or say anything, uh, please leave a comment uh, below. So as you guys know, we have an episode every other week. We're on YouTube, Buzzsprout, Spotify. So please like, download, subscribe, follow the uh, around the Emirates um, Instagram page, and uh, we'll be in touch. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. <laughs>